Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We have a Heisman Trophy winner, the first wide receiver since Desmond Howard in 1991. It is Alabama's Devontae Smith. Number two, Clemson's Trevor Lawrence. Number three, Alabama QB Mac Jones. Number four, Florida QB Kyle Trask. And number five, Alabama running back Najee Harris. Nicole Auerbach, I think we know why Alabama is the number one seed in the playoff and playing for the national title on Monday, at least we hope. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think we do. Three top five Heisman Trophy finishers. And, and really the only potential question mark heading into this was, did they cannibalize themselves too much? I mean, that was the only way Devontae Smith was not going to win this award. And it still is remarkable that there were enough votes all around to have three top five finishers on the same offense. Just incredible. And again, you know, when you talk about the evolution of this offense under Nick Saban, these guys are, are the, yeah. you know, exhibit A. Well, remember, Alabama hadn't had a Heisman Trophy winner before Nick Saban got there. Mark Ingram was the first one. And then Derrick Henry, yet another kind of traditional back winning it as a workhorse back who uh, I think we didn't realize at the time when when we saw how much he was doing at the end of that season that he's just a cyborg and, you know, he's just stronger on his 30th carry than he was on his 20th carry. So he he, he was a different cat. But Devontae Smith is a, a totally different guy because – I didn't think a receiver was ever going to win again. I thought it was going to be a quarterback, maybe a running back, you know, maybe some crazy stat stuffing defensive player. But I thought receivers were kind of done just because they don't touch the ball enough. But listen, if you watched Alabama every time they played this year, there is no question who the best player on that team was. Exactly. I'm actually incredibly proud of the Heisman voters who actually noticed that. I mean, this was something that I've been really curious about this season. When Kyle Pitts was healthy and playing for Florida, I felt the same way, that he was the best player on Florida's offense. So therefore, when we're doing our Heisman straw polls and various things week to week, I would vote for him ahead of Kyle Trask. I understand the numbers, and I understand what quarterbacks are asked to do in spread offenses, and and that's why they dominate the award. So I think it's awesome and incredibly remarkable that people, enough people realized Devontae Smith was the best player in the best offense in the country and voted that way. And again, Mac Jones, also a top five finisher. Like, right. it's everyone understood everyone was great, and they didn't hold it against the quarterback that he had elite receivers and Najee Harris there. And it wasn't held against the other two players that the quarterback was going to get all of their votes. I think that was actually really cool that all three of them got their due. And then Trevor Lawrence, who, I mean, if honestly, if we had the NFL GM's vote, he would win in a landslide. You know, he, he is the best pro prospect of anybody, you know, in another year, he may have been considered the best player. It's, it's, it's interesting that you see these guys who go, You've had Trevor Lawrence, you've had Tua Tungavailoa, you've had Deshaun Watson, who've just put up insane numbers, but for whatever reason, each time, they've not won the Heisman Trophy. But I, I think Trevor will be okay when uh, when he gets his name called first to go to Jacksonville in April. But you know, my aha moment for Devontae Smith-Nicole was last year. In the offseason, I'm doing something on Alabama, I can't even remember what the story was, and I was looking at stats from last year, and I was thinking it was probably a pre-draft thing. 
And I'm because I was looking up stuff on Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. And I was like, oh, Judy must have led Alabama receiving in, in 2019 for sure. Well, no, he didn't. Oh, then it must have been Ruggs. Well, no, it wasn't. It was Devontae Smith by almost 100 yards with fewer catches than Jerry Judy. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. This guy's amazing. Is it that that's the same guy who caught the, the pass in the national title game? Yeah, and and you talk about this season when Waddle goes down, Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle goes down. Right. To then even do this and be recognized as the best receiver in college football is still remarkable. I mean, last year's roster with all four of those guys, like it's just right. an embarrassment. Jalen Waddle like, was these, healthy the whole season last year. Yeah, and 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 these guys are going to be monsters in the NFL, and we're going to be like, it's going to be a trivia question, which of the two, you know, who went first in the draft and in what order and what team they were all on together. So everyone needs to remember 2019 Alabama. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy with Tua throwing him the ball. And, and mm-hmm. then and then Devontae Smith, I think what he did after Jalen Waddle went down this year really solidified him in, in my mind. And, and I, you're a voter as well, right? Yeah, I actually, I voted for Trevor Lawrence, number one. Okay, so we can say this. I had Devontae Smith, number one, Trevor Lawrence, number two, and Kyle Trask, number three. I had Trevor Lawrence, one, Devontae Smith, two, and Najee Harris, three. So with, with Devontae, once Waddle got hurt, and Waddle is, is an ultra-dynamic player, he it feels like, when you watch, the one you need to be the most afraid of. But all the attention shifts to Devontae Smith in the passing game at that point. And it didn't matter. Every defense knew they were going to him, and it didn't matter. And I feel like those are the guys that, the ones where the defense knows every time you're looking for them and they still get theirs, they succeed no matter what. And and Devontae Smith, I realize, is maybe 170 pounds with weights in his pockets, but he's he's tough as nails. Can we can we talk about how amazing a nickname of Slim Reaper is? Oh, it's, that it's is just awesome. an elite, elite nickname. Well, you know who had it first, and and I'm glad it was was taken away and gifted to Devontae Smith. Uh, James Blackman at Florida State had it first, the the quarterback who is uh, now in the transfer portal, and so I, I believe Devontae Smith is a better candidate for it. And his Agreed. his fashion sense, like that body, probably hasn't done it. And he mentioned it in his, in his acceptance speech that it didn't do him any favors. So people doubted him all along and people said, Oh, you know, you're not going to be a first round draft pick. You're not going to be, you're not going to get on the field at Alabama, all that stuff. But when you have fashion sense like him, he's, his, that's a body made for clothes. Did you see those suits that he showed when, when he has NFL first round money, just you wait, yep. it's going to be I, awesome. I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. Like he's going into a league in the fashion moment where like this is a thing and he already is into it. I am very excited. You know, it's one of like, I actually don't really care much about those like shots when they have, you know, the players walking in unless they're wearing an amazing suit or Cam Newton's wearing, I don't know, like a bird on his head. Very (laughs) into it. So I loved it. I actually really thought that the Zoom, the virtual stuff worked really well. I I think it kind of immediately made me flash back to the NFL draft where Mm -hmm. you got to see these players achieve a lifetime goal with their families. And even though, you know, the Alabama players can't be with their families because of the pandemic and they've got the national championship game to go, 
the shots of like their communities and their families supporting. Oh, yeah. It was just it was awesome. It was great. I, I love the the community center in, in Amy, Louisiana. And everybody loved it. How about Devante's mom with the sequin mask that matched? I mean, that, that I love. It was awesome. We'll be right back after these words. Having covered these guys and, and written about all of of these guys, I, I'm so happy it was these four that got to be there because they're all a joy to be around. They're all great teammates. They just they they work hard. You know. Devontae Smith and Mac Jones were the guys that were sneaking into Alabama's facility to, to throw balls at night, you know, when nobody else was around. That, just to see that. And then Kyle Trask, we all know his story. And then Trevor Lawrence, to be a guy who probably since eighth, ninth grade, people are saying you're going to be the number one draft pick and never get that giant ego and, and never, never turn into the diva. I mean, he, he's always been just a really good teammate and uh, one of those guys that – Everybody rallies around. So I was really happy. And, and the moment that gets me every single Heisman ceremony, and I'm glad that I, I've not become so cynical that I can't enjoy this. When they get announced and it hits them that they've won. And these guys are great athletes. They have performed on stages in front of hundreds of thousands of people, in front of millions of people on TV. You know, nothing should shock them by this point. But every time it happens, you see it hit them that, Oh my God, I won the Heisman Trophy and they start to cry. And that, that happened with Devontae Smith. And it's just like, it, yes, you did it. Congratulations. I agree. Even the ones who you can tell told themselves not to cry or that they were going to be serious about it. Even in the one, you know, like Joe Burrow was so emotional and we all knew he was going to win the Heisman. And it's, it's so cool. I agree with you every single time. That's the best. And I loved the nervous, proud energy from all of the parents when they got to interview and they're all kind of shaking. And, you know, to even be a Heisman finalist is an incredible achievement. And it was just awesome to to get to see that. All right, Nicole, before we wrap up the, the Heisman chat, on time and on brand, as soon as the announcement was made, I got an email in my email box from some offshore casino Heisman odds for 2021. Your immediate front runner, Oklahoma QB Spencer Rattler. Number two, Clemson quarterback DJ Uy Ungale. And pers my personal favorite, 15 to 1 odds at number nine, a non QB. Well, didn't we not learn that non QBs can win this award? They that can win this award. And you know what I, you know what I just want to say before we wrap this too? is I know that there's a lot of people who had issues with Trevor Lawrence getting first place votes or second place votes because he didn't play a full season. He had COVID, which also very on brand for 2020, and he had to deal with it publicly. Um, and people acting like it's a lifetime achievement award. It, it has been that for other people in the past. Herschel Jalen Walker. Hurts. Herschel. Jalen Hurts finishing second last year. Yep. It, it, it has... Herschel Walker not winning Herschel Walker not winning it his first year because George Rogers got a lifetime achievement award. And then Herschel Walker winning it when he did, because it was a lifetime achievement award. Right. And and I think that again, this this award, people vote so differently with it. They they treat it differently. Is it the most valuable player? 
Is it the most outstanding player? Do you feel like it should not be a quarterback, only be a quarterback, right? And so I think, and because I voted for him in part for this reason, I think we will look back on Trevor Lawrence's three years at Clemson and be shocked that he did not win a Heisman. Like, right. I, I think you understand what why it happened each year and who won it. Yep. But I felt that he was and is the best player in college football, best quarterback in college football. He's going to be the number one pick. I love Devontae Smith. I am thrilled for Devontae Smith. It was the, a very difficult vote. But I think it is defensible. I think it's going to age well. And I think I'm fine with it. I mean, it's it's crazy to me that Clemson will have gone through Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence and not won a Heisman. Still has not won a Heisman. Well, and, and it's funny because we don't know what's going to happen with Mac Jones if he's going to, to go pro or come back for another year. But it's entirely possible Alabama may go through Tua Tonga Vailoa and Mac Jones and not win mm. one with, with mm-hmm. either of them, even though Devontae won the one. So it, it's... It's tough. There's only one of them. You got to vote for somebody. And, you know, this is uh, that 2015 season we were talking about. I had it kind of the reverse of you. I voted for Deshaun Watson first and Derrick Henry second. So that I, I voted, I guess I voted like you did that year, this year. So uh, it, it's it's a matter of personal taste. And I also think with with Trevor Lawrence and, and with Justin Fields, who did not finish in the top five, Part of their season and part of the story of their 2020 season is that there may not have been a football season without them. And I think that matters. I think with, especially you know, when Trevor Lawrence spoke up, when Justin Fields spoke up, that was the weekend when the Mountain West canceled, the MAC canceled, the Big Ten and Pac-12 postponed that following uh, Monday or Tuesday, I believe. And so their voices came at a time when it could have gone either way with the Big 12 and the ACC and the SEC. And I think because of the way Trevor Lawrence kind of rallied the players and and gave them a voice, because once he started talking, everybody started listening. Because he and Justin Fields had nothing to gain by playing. Right, and and they were not going to opt out. If they had opted out, we would have said, it was a thanks, we loved having you in college football, congratulations, best of luck. And they didn't. And I I think you're totally right, because up until it it feels like so long ago, because the pandemic has just been so long. But like Trevor Lawrence had not really gone out on a limb on anything, really. And he leads this movement. Him and Justin Fields lead this movement to play and to listen to players' voices and their perspectives and all of this, which we're so missing from all of this conversation and he becomes a leader, uh, you know, with organize, helping to organize Clemson's march for, for racial justice and all of these other topics. And I agree with you because I think that is part of the reason that some people voted for Trevor Lawrence this year. Is well, that it, part of the year? It, it is It is part of his season. And, 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 and really, maybe nobody has the season if he doesn't do it. So I, I think that's perfectly reasonable as a reason to vote for him. I have no issue with that whatsoever. And, and ditto for Justin Fields. If you voted for Justin Fields, yep. I feel the same way. So, and and it honestly, if the votes had taken place after the semifinals, I think Justin Fields would have been sitting there with the finalists. How, I mean, how do you feel about the timing? Because it is a weird. It's definitely weird this year that it was announced between the semis and the and the championship game. But it's obviously a regular season award. But I also feel because you do have the games pretty soon after, and they do shape or confirm. How we feel about I wish, people. I wish they'd announced the winner closer to when the votes came in. 
the, having mm. games in between does not help anybody because people are wondering why Justin Fields isn't there. They're wondering why Kyle, yeah. why Kyle Trask is there. And it, you know, it's not it's not fair to Kyle Trask. It's not fair to Justin Fields. Nope. So I, I wish they'd have just said, okay, we got the votes in. Let's do this thing. Uh, because you know, normally the votes are in on Monday and they announce it on Saturday. So it, there's not normally a huge turnaround time. But I, I understand why they did it. They were looking for for a television window, and and this is the way it worked out. But I do think that would have been a little bit better because it, it does, you know, I think. People seeing more games are like, wait, wait, why, why didn't you vote this way? Well, because voting was closed. We we didn't have that right. data. And, so. and and Kyle Trask did not deserve to get dinged for the fact that his receivers yeah, that they the all left, game, right? Like, exactly. yeah. So like that, you know. Again, so I, I am with you totally. I think that was a weird quirk of this year. It obviously won't stick around, but it did make for a strange dynamic. Trevor coming off just his second career loss ever, and not a great game. Uh, to finish second. So just strange all around, but awesome. Congratulations to everyone. They, as you said, they, they've all been a, a joy to cover and um, made this season really enjoyable. We'll be right back after these words. So let's talk about the last game of this season, because that was a, a topic Tuesday afternoon that, that popped up and, caused quite a bit of consternation. There was a report that Ohio State may be having some COVID issues and that they may need to, to move the national championship game. Now, as we record this on Tuesday night, Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, and Greg Byrne, the athletic director at Alabama, have said all, all systems are go for a game on Monday in Miami Gardens, Florida. So right now it looks like everything's calmed down. But, I mean, Nicole, wouldn't that not, just sort of a cherry on top? of this season is what it felt like when I was like, Oh, come on. Well, there was no other way to end it than COVID issues, a potential postponement. What's interesting is, you know, the college football playoff has said that the 18th is a backup date. Um, I, I think that it is of, of all potential playoff games to be impacted by this. This is the easiest one. Right, Cause you're just moving one teams, game. Yeah. Moving one game. And like, it would have been much more challenging if you got one semi in and the other one got postponed and then people had different amounts of time to prep. That would have been a mess. So ultimately like this game is going to get played. Um, it is probably going to get played on time on Monday, the 11th, but yeah, it would not be the conclusion of this weird season. If we did not have one more scare, one more thing up in the air, um, and again, still not knowing which players will be available or won't be available for Ohio State, which we didn't know coming into the semifinal due to COVID issues either. So um, I, it, it's definitely a uniquely 2020 storyline. Um, I think there are a lot of people who who hope it's going to happen on schedule and complete the season that people weren't sure that we would get to this finish line. And we are we're this close <laughs> and uh, we will get there. We're just not 100 percent sure it will be on which day. I think the people, you know, hoping that it happens on time would be everybody in, involved in college football just about. And yes. that's that's one thing. Nobody, that I, nobody wants nobody mm -hmm. wants to push this back. Nobody. Yeah. This is why when people would talk about, you know, oh, a bunch of games got canceled. Should we push the playoff back to like February? People want this season to be in the rearview mirror and hopefully 2021 is a lot more normal. Spring football, hopefully normal. So they want to get it in and they want to crown a champion, but they also want it to be done as soon yeah, as possible. Yeah, they, they, they want this season over with so they can say, look, we did it. We made it. We, we made it to the finish line. Now, when it's your turn, go get vaccinated and let's yes. play a normal season next year with a spring practice and uh, a real summer program and real preseason camp and maybe fans in the stands and or, or 
as many fans as you want in the stands. Who knows? We, you know, we don't know what the world's going to look like in, in September, but the hope is that it's a lot more normal. But, and that's the part I, yeah, I think even everybody in the big 10 and you'd assume, Oh, well, you know, they want to make sure Ohio state has the best chance possible. I think everybody just wants it done. And it, obviously yes. we want, we want this game to have both teams as strong as they can possibly be because I'm super excited for this game. I mean, Nicole, we haven't seen these two teams play in six years. These are the teams that produce the most first-round draft picks. I'm doing something on, on how much they've produced in the last five seasons. It's insane. They have combined to produce 31 first-round draft picks in the last five drafts. This is, the, this is the matchup we've needed. We thought we'd get how many times after they met in the first playoff. We haven't gotten it yet. We've gotten 19 Alabama Clemson games and we haven't got one of these <laughs> again. Well, and and I remember covering that first playoff game. And that's what validated the whole thing because the 4 seed did it. Mm-hmm. The 4 seed that was controversial and you weren't sure because they were down to their third string quarterback, that was the team that validated the playoff system and offset honestly for quite a bit even though now it's a you know, a memory from seven years ago, it offset a lot of what happened afterwards where you just got Alabama Clemson all the time, whatever, because it was so thrilling and the potential of a four seed to do that and to get hot well, right at the right the, time. The, the two most con- uh, controversial four seeds won the national title. Yeah. That Ohio State and team it, and, and 2017 Alabama. And and it just, it, 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 it that first game, I just, like your jaw dropped because you know, you had the the late season, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. You had Cardell Jones, and he was so entertaining and hilarious. He was hilarious on Twitter on Tuesday about the whole issue with Nick Saban's daughter. I mean, that team was so enjoyable as well. And, you know, you felt like they were playing with house money. But it was a great matchup. It's exactly what, you know, the TV networks everyone would want. You know, we're finally out of – because Alabama and Clemson are the same region. You you want to expand into other right. areas. You want the eyeballs. And so it is going to be great. And and also, we've been wanting – we didn't get super excited about Alabama and Notre Dame because Notre Dame has, you know, a great team but doesn't have the dudes. Right. Ohio They're State not going to match the them dudes. athlete for athlete. And, and right, Ohio State of anybody – including Clemson. Ohio yes. State is the one most likely to be able to match Alabama af- athlete for athlete. And that's what makes this interesting. You know, Ohio State's offensive line the last few games has been phenomenal. Trey Sermon looks like Zeke did during that 2014 run. Yep. And I, I talked to Joshua Perry on Power Hour, which you can go listen to. Absolutely. About that and the parallels to that. And what other parallels this team had to that one. And, and you know, he really, like, I hadn't thought about it as much. It certainly was a storyline heading into the semifinal. But he really explained well why the way that they lost to Clemson and to spend an entire offseason gearing up to play, like, to, to avenge that loss can drive a team. Yeah. So I'm actually very curious. Now you've done that. You mm-hmm. did the thing that you wanted to do. How you? Yeah, Nick. Nick play Saban Alabama. didn't vote you number eleven. Nick Saban has been nothing but yeah, respectful you, the entire time. So you're not mad at them for for anything. Like I, the Ohio State guys were were righteously furious at, at Clemson and should have been 
because yeah. the, the number 11 thing alone and Dabo had his explanation for it, but that's not going to make you any less mad if you're a member of Ohio State's team. You know, the Alabama, though, they're, they're never going to give you any bulletin board material. The most you can try is Nick Saban's daughter's tweet that was deleted a couple of minutes later. <laughs> but Cardell got the, the, the receipts. That, that's all you need to know he is did. Cardell kept the receipts. Which he, he always does. He kept his own receipts. And, you know, <laughs> when he graduated, I mean, like this, this, he's just the best on Twitter. But no, I'm super excited. I hope we get this Monday and I hope it's a great game. I hope Justin Fields is, you know, is healthy, healthy and ready to, to go. Yep. To, yeah, to be able to now, do all the crazy in things. In the immediate aftermath of the injury, he was fantastic. So I think I think he's probably going to be all right one way or the other. Yeah, six six passing touchdowns in the national semifinal. <laughs> I don't know, like one one working rib. Who knows? Like, but I do I have I have a lot of high hopes for this game. I think a lot of people are really excited, and it does feel like the team that wins it is a deserving national champion, despite the weird year. Um, you know, they're going to get a trophy and I don't think people are going to put an asterisk next to this. No, I I think I feel like whoever wins it has earned it and, and good for them. And so we're going to cross our fingers and hope we get to see this game on Monday night. Good luck to everybody. Stay safe and congratulations to Devante Smith. And we'll talk to you on Friday.